Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I had Saritha Willingham on our Woman in Supply Chain series. Now, she went from the corporate world to the entrepreneurship world, and she talks all about that transition, her career journey, what that looked like, and she has lots of great advice to share with other leaders, other entrepreneurs, other women in supply chain. I hope you enjoyed the show, but remember that if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 347. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we get on with the show, I'm going to ask you a question. So according to the World Economic Forum, by how much did e-commerce deliveries rise in 2020? What do you think? I know it was a lot. So let us know your guesses over on social media and keep listening because all will be revealed at the end of the show. So today I am joined by a logistics brand that was founded nearly 50 years ago ago and has gone on to open 120 offices in 40 countries across the world. They're a friend of the show and a supply chain household name, but who are they? Well, I'll reveal them after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, let us know your vision of an ideal company culture. We had a ton of votes for this one. And so 66% of you said a mixture of both. And so what that means is 28% of you said fun, fast-paced environment, 5% said slow-paced with the community, 66% of you said a mixture of both of those, and then we had some people share their opinion. Jessica says, I selected a mix of both, but I would take a fun, fast-paced environment 
with a community. Christina says, all in all, it depends on the people. Naresh says, company culture should incorporate mutual trust, mutual respect, and empathy in abundance. By adopting this pace and community culture, too, we'll get along in the right direction. Well, thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. You know that we ask a question every single Wednesday morning on our LinkedIn, Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, on our Instagram. So go and be part of that conversation. And you could be featured on an upcoming episode. So now back to today's episode and which global logistics service provider is joining me today? Well, it's Seco Logistics. Seco provides complete supply chain solutions specializing in transportation, logistics, forwarding, and warehousing. Operating in over 40 countries worldwide, Seco leads the industry with innovative and customizable IT solutions, which provide a seamless flow of information to deliver their growing customer base true supply chain visibility. And it's Brian Burke, Global Chief Commercial Officer at Seco, who is joining me on the show again today. Brian started his career with Seco all the way back in 2005, and he's been responsible for growing their revenue and delivering the incredible customer service that Seco have become known for. And he's been featured or quoted in publications including CNBC, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Times. So it's safe to say he's an expert on the industry too. So today, Brian and I will be talking all about how the pandemic changed last mile delivery forever. We'll be looking at the challenges, the opportunities, how Seco are helping their customers to navigate the changing landscape and what the future might bring for the industry. Now, this is really, really important discussion because the delivery experience when you are a retailer makes all the difference in getting new clients, retaining clients. So I'm excited to bring this episode to you. So welcome back to the show, Brian. Sarah, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here with you at Home Delivery World. It's June 2023 in Philadelphia, and we were on stage earlier today talking about last mile, talking about customer experience, talking about how supply chain is, you know, it's a huge role. It's a huge part of the customer experience and what we're doing for retailers as, you know, delivery, last mile delivery, as companies like Seco, as the white glove service, and it's making all the difference. So before we get into that, talk to me about Seco. What do you do? Remind everybody what it is that you do and how you help your customers. Yeah, uh, no problem, Sarah. So I'm, I'm Brian Burke. Uh, I'm the Chief Commercial Officer globally at Seco Logistics. Uh, we are a 3PL and freight forwarder. Uh, we do a lot in the e-commerce space, whether it's fulfillment, uh, international parcels, returns, and big and bulky home deliveries. Uh, we do this in over 60 countries with 150 locations, but we started right here in the United States. Our global headquarters is Chicago, and we have regional headquarters in Paris, London, and Hong Kong. Uh, so we truly are a global company, and we're global first. Uh, but a lot of what we've done in Innovate and Last Mile um, was done right here in the United States. Uh, so we, we do a lot for, for retailers and for direct consumer brands, um, but we do take very seriously uh, the, the job and the mission that we have day in and day out. When we're delivering products uh, with a white glove service, we, we cross the threshold when we go into a consumer's home. And when we go into yeah. a consumer's home, there is a, a lot that the retailer or the brand you know, puts on us. 
it, it's not just about on-time delivery. It's about visibility. It's about the experience. It's about um, how polite or nice or friendly the driver yes, is. Exactly. Uh, all of these things play a factor, and um, it, the, 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 the definition of a good delivery experience has also changed significantly throughout the pandemic. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Set the stage, right? Where were we, where were we before the pandemic? And what changed, I mean, so much changed during the pandemic, but what changed? What did it look like for retailers? How did they start thinking about last mile? So, you know, before the pandemic, I would say that technology was being adopted and implemented uh, with various degrees of success and innovation um, that improved the delivery experience uh, for consumers. A lot of great companies out there doing a lot of great things. Yeah. I think that when the pandemic started, it was, an incredible challenge to to bundle together the fact that we had to shut down inside deliveries right. in a lot of places around the country and around the world. Yep. But but also e-commerce orders started to go up significantly. Right. So so marrying those two was a challenge with the lockdowns, with the spikes. Uh, it, it was it was a challenge. I think now that things have settled, um, it's an opportunity for us as SQL Logistics, as an e-commerce logistics provider, but also for brands and retailers to level set on where did the market shift. Yeah. Not only yes, yes, demand is reverting back to pre-pandemic trends, but those trends were still going up. Right. So uh, it's how to how do you differentiate in the market? By, by being able to offer a great delivery experience, mm -hmm. that creates word of mouth, that creates return customers, and that is where a lot of the competition is. It's not just on price. In fact, when we were on stage yeah. uh, with Phil from Traeger Pellet Grills, you know, he was mentioning about how they look at their consumers and they get feedback on how they build their supply chain and and price is a factor, but it's maybe the third or fourth. Right. You know, it's it's all about quality and being on time. And and when you deliver on time, it depends on what your delivery promise is. What yeah. did you say on the website at checkout? Yeah. What options do you provide and which carriers are you relying on to deliver to that delivery promise? Yeah. Because you can be a day early, but you can't be a day late. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah, and so we're gonna talk about options in a minute, but one of the other things that you talked about was reviews and star ratings. Mm -hmm and how that is not only triggered by a good supply chain, a good delivery experience, but it also goes back to whether they're gonna keep a client, whether that client's gonna come back, whether they're gonna purchase from them again. Absolutely. And so it plays a major, major role. So talk to us about that, because that I think is one of the shifts as well that we yeah. talked about in the trends. Yeah, I, I think if, if any retailer brand that's out there and you, you ship big bulky goods like exercise equipment, grills, uh, patio furniture, you should have an expectation now that your carrier, your partner, is going to be able to deliver back to you uh, a star rating yeah. and, and, and be able to say, okay, we did 100 deliveries, we got 10 that got feedback, and this is our average star rating. And you need to be able to provide that by week, by month, by quarter. Uh, this should be an expectation now. This is where technology is today. And, and that real-time feedback is so important. Uh, because you can use that to gauge um, where maybe there are issues, uh, where you can mitigate against those, uh, but but also where you're getting the great feedback. Because the great yeah. feedback, I mean, you, you want to double down on what's working and what's good, but you, you want to be able to address proactively things that yeah. might not be working as well. Yeah, absolutely. But it shows hand in hand 
how supply chain needs to work with marketing. That's right. And customer experience. That's right. We're seeing more and more today. When we go and meet with our clients, it's not just the transportation person or the logistics person. Right. The marketing uh, uh, yeah. uh, department is involved. We have uh, customer experience or customer services involved. Uh, sometimes even finance. Because wow. we're, we're even getting to conversations around supply chain and trade financing, right. which can have impacts on uh, when you can bring products into the United States, when you can bring it into Europe how fast you can go to market, and where we're seeing a lot of excitement now because 2023, let's be fair, has been challenging for a lot of people. Yes, it has. But where there's a lot of excitement, especially for the second half of this year, is in new product development, new product rollouts. That's getting our customers excited. That's leading to forecast, uh, ticking upwards, um, and, and we're really positive about the second half of this year. So let's talk about that. What are the trends that you're seeing right now in fulfillment and inventory? And get out your crystal ball, because yeah. I want you to talk about what you think the last half of 2023 is going to look like into 24. Because people just don't know. Yeah. They just don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. I know you don't have a crystal ball. No. But I know you talk to a lot of people, and I think you can put us on the right track. Yeah. So I, it, in order for us to look in the future, we do yeah. have to look at where, where we've come from. So. If we look at where we've come from, the start of the pandemic, most people canceled their purchase orders. Uh, the, the, the economy kind of shifted overnight. Uh, but then after that, it became uh, gradual, then sudden change as it related to increased demand, right. especially for e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And then the shift of the consumer to not spend as much on, let's say, experiences yeah. and, and services and more on goods. Yeah. So a lot of people decided to renovate their homes, and upgrade their furniture and upgrade their exercise equipment all at the same time, all around the world. <laughs> at and the same time. All at the same point. time. <laughs> and and you know that our you know the supply chain global trade wasn't built for that. Uh, it, it, we we like to say that you know uh, the supply chain um, is, is like church, right? And and you don't build a church for um, uh, Easter or Christmas. That's okay. a saying and analogy yep. to basically dictate. Uh, we're not built to be in peak season continuously for 18 right. months, That's which true. is what we were basically yes. in. And it's not how we thought about no. supply chain going into the so, pandemic. So that created a lot of congestion, that created a lot of supply chain constraints, and even if you were able to get a container, maybe you couldn't even get your manufacturer to deliver the products on time because right. they were behind. Raw materials, yeah. costs were going up, uh, on down the line. So the, the, the issues we have today and how we think about the future is over the past nine months, there's been a deceleration in demand. Yeah. There's been a shift back from goods towards services. People are flying again. Yes. If any of you've flown or rented a hotel, you, and I both. you, you know that the, the, the costs have gone up <laughs> yes, uh, because everyone's doing the same thing yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. So there's gonna be this reverse bullwhip and rebalancing that's happening right now. So a lot of shippers, a lot of our clients, a lot of retailers, they are burning through their inventory. A lot of them had too much inventory right. to match uh, you know, sales. So uh, a lot of companies are, have been really successful at doing that through this year, and we're almost halfway through yeah. 2023. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a, a good news story out of what has been a challenging demand environment, because the supply is caught up. There are still some issues, um, but for the most part, lead times for purchase orders have gone back down to pre-pandemic levels. 
um, uh, raw material supplies and costs and inflation, they're going down. All, a lot of positive trend lines that we're seeing in, uh, and, and you know, jobs numbers, uh, uh, the economy. Uh, the, in the United States, we, we had something like called the debt limit. We got through that. Uh, could have been a self-inflicted yep. economic harm. But so now if we look at the rest of this year, we do see a lot more positive trends. We do see a lot more positive indicators. Our clients are more positive about the new products they're rolling out. And so we definitely see some upside opportunity uh, for, for the rest of this year. Now, it may not happen on July 1. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not gonna happen maybe well, July 15th. Well, if it doesn't, we're gonna come back to you, right? Yeah, we'll call it the Canada Day miracle, right? <laughs> uh, but but it'll probably be kind of more towards the end of the year, but um, as we know with anything, what goes up comes down, what goes down comes up, yeah. and demand will pick up again. And, and the consumer, which is in the United States, at least driving 70% of GDP and the, and the economy, um, there's still enough confidence there that things will turn around. Mm -hmm. And we talked earlier about being prepared. I mean, I like that you said that as a former girl guide, <laughs> because the motto was be prepared. Yes. Um, but you talked about being prepared, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's not about if, it's about when. And yeah. we, we're in Philadelphia, and the collapses just happened on the I-95. Yep. And the stories that are coming out in supply chain are about what's, what's going to be disrupted from this particular event that has happened in a local area. Mm -hmm. And so these things are happening all the time. And so you talk about being prepared. What can companies do to be prepared for some of these disruptions? What should they be thinking about? Or maybe rethinking yeah. in their last mile delivery strategy in their supply chains? That, that's a great question because I think uh, what we've learned over the past three years is that um, if there's another shoe to drop, it will drop. If, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Right. It's not a matter of if, but when. And so if you think about your supply chain in that context, then you can really build out, okay, uh, worst case scenarios and uh, what are my mitigation measures. And right. one example of that that we're seeing a lot of today is uh, companies that may have been uh, sourcing all of their product from one country, okay. uh, uh, whether that was China or another country. We had a, we had a question about it. Absolutely, yeah. and and you know there there are trends in nearshoring and trend shoring, but but ultimately the the recommendation that we have and what we're seeing really good success with our clients is uh, diversifying country of origin. Okay. So uh, you know if, if a China plus one strategy uh, or or a Mexico plus one or or whatever wherever you have kind of a lot of your eggs in one basket. You need to diversify. That gives you options for when things do happen, and right. they will. Uh, so that's number one, and, and really important because that's that can take a long time to find, uh, you know, other options, yeah. other manufacturers, other vendors that can have the same quality and, and yeah. you know price range that that can really fit your market and the products that you're selling. So that that's number one. I think number two is um, making sure that you have the right partners on board because. Uh, I, I think a lot of folks can look back at who was able to deliver for them when um, you know the, the quote unquote stuff hit the fan, right? Uh, and, and who was more of a vendor versus a partner. Making sure you have true partners in your supply chain, uh, I think is absolutely critical because, I, and I remember one, one story uh, during the pandemic, we were talking to a company uh, that makes suitcases and they wanted help in getting uh, capacity okay. uh, uh, from Asia to the U.S. They were having problems with their 
uh, with their current partners. Um, and, and our team, I'd never seen this before, our team advised this potential new client, the CEO, um, stay with your partners. Wow. We, we are not gonna be able to deliver for you because it was so challenging in the time. At the time, if you had consistent volume mm -hmm. through a partner, you were slotted that capacity right. and you were guaranteed that capacity. And to, to be able to shift to a new partner that added undue risk. It would have added undue risk. Yeah. And so knowing when somebody can deliver and, and follow through with what they're selling or offering, um, that's so critical, that's so yeah. important. And, and we were able to walk away with that with you know, knowing that we were giving them the best advice yeah. uh, because it was challenging for everyone to find capacity at that time. Uh, now, of course, things are different. Uh, yeah. You know, we don't have the congestion. If you wanted to move a container, you could do so yeah. without much of a problem. There is some, you know, idling of ships and things going on on the uh, uh, containerized trade capacity side, but ultimately things are running smoothly. So it's a little more difficult to test and challenge you know, your existing partners, but yeah. you don't have to look that far back to really understand who helped you. Yeah, and uh, Bill from Traeger, from our conversation this morning, he talked about how important partners are. And you've been a partner of his specifically throughout his supply chain journey. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about that because a good partner is going to give you advice whether it benefits them or not. Yep. But they're also, like you said earlier, an extension of your business depending on what they're doing for you. Yeah. And you're doing last mile delivery. You're doing white glove service. So talk to us about the importance of partnership, where that comes in. I know sustainability is a big issue when, yep. it, when it comes to who you're working with. Yeah. Um, you know, the extension of the customer experience. And a lot of retailers are looking for that customized delivery experience for the client. And I know you have innovative ways from like packaging to all sorts of things mm -hmm. that you're testing out. So talk to us about what it's like to partner with Seco. Yeah, so uh, it's a great question. What it's like to partner with Seco or even work with any partner in supply chain logistics. When we do their fulfillment, you know, we're responsible for getting orders out on time. Yeah. But we're also responsible for how that package looks when they have the unboxing experience. Yes. We've been migrating away from uh, propane-powered uh, forklifts, for example, in our facilities and moving towards decarbonization with electric fleet and material handling equipment. And although that's great for the environment, ultimately what it also does is it removes soot and dust that collects in the boxes. And when you do that, you, you, you make sure that the products you do send out on the behalf of the retailer brand aren't dirty. And it's those yes. little things to have those conversations with our customers to say, hey, we're an extension of your delivery experience. What can we do together and collaborate? And whether that's um, working through, do you want post-consumer recycled packaging or do you want biodegradable packaging? Those are, those are two different paths. Tell us the story. Well, I want to hear about the biodegradable. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, this is relatively new. It's not brand new, but it's something that is exciting yes. because when you're looking at plastics that can be in the environment for thousands of years um, versus something that can be biodegradable and perfectly uh, natural to use as a replacement for packaging, um, but, but they're so good at what they do, these scientists that right. make these and innovate with these new products that they truly are biodegradable. <laughs> so if you don't use them in your warehouse, they will start to degrade. Uh, so, or if so, you deliver in the rain? 
Yeah, that's uh, that, a whole another yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. But ultimately, it, now that's a new factor that we have to plan right. for. So it's not like we can just buy a bunch of bulk inventory and let it sit and draw it down as we right. need it. Now we have to kind of think about it more as a perishable resource. Yes. But um, but some of our customers they're very interested in that as an option versus others are are, are okay with 100% post-consumer recycled material. Yeah. Um, there's a cost to both. Um, they aren't cheaper than the uh, more harmful products that are out there. Right. Uh, but these are choices that that our customers are making in response to what their consumers are demanding. And you need to be able to partner with someone on what's what's what are the options, what's yes. the best for my business. And, and if you make that small little choice on type of packaging, that can have a brand perception shift or change or impact for all the thousands of customers that you're delivering your product to. Well, and you mentioned something earlier about QR codes too. Yeah. Like, you're actually thinking, you're taking it even further than supply chain. You're thinking about the packaging and what it means to their brand, their business. Absolutely. Talk to us about that. So uh, when we think about shipping and logistics, yeah. they, there are a number of opportunities uh, to retarget market existing customers, which is for a lot of direct consumer brands, it can help reduce customer acquisition costs. And if if as a partner we're able to help think through some of these yeah. ways that we can help them, whether it's providing and spinning up a custom branded tracking portal, which we've done, that can actually have banner ads. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you bought a shirt, maybe you want to look at pants, and so you, yes, you can you retarget. Yes, you may also like. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And on the packaging itself, because one of the silver linings of the global pandemic is that everybody knows how to use a QR code. Yes. This was uh, latent technology that had been <laughs> released years ago and yeah. was supposed to take off and never did. Well, now no, here has. we are, yep. and there's QR codes everywhere and everyone knows how to use them, mm -hmm. uh, which is great because now you can actually have a landing page with a you know form for conversion um, that you can put on your packaging, on your on your waybills, yeah. on, really on, on, on the inserts that go inside the bots and making sure that as a fulfillment provider, not only are we filling and packing and shipping the order, we're putting in the appropriate inserts for retarget marketing. So it, it absolutely is an extent, there's an opportunity to be not only an extension of the supply chain, yeah. but of marketing as well. That's what a partner does. So talk to me about options. You mentioned options earlier, and I know that with delivery, it's always a huge topic. You know, do we do it free? Do we charge for it? And do we give them options? And I think I really liked what you said earlier about options. It has to be about the options. You need to give the consumer an option to decide what experience they want. That yeah. free could be five days. The expedited could be two but at least they get to decide on what they want. So talk to us about the importance of that and partnering with a company like you to be able to provide those options. Because a lot of times retailers do think about those, but maybe there's additional options they've never even thought about. Absolutely, uh, this is what I love about being at home delivery world. It's, you know, every home delivery starts with an order and right. that order started with a conversion on a form, on a website somewhere. Yeah. And you can increase your conversion rate by providing more options. And if you think about just our own experience shopping online, when we only have one delivery option, yeah. you know, you're more likely to abandon that cart and go find that product elsewhere. I uh, have done that. Yes, absolutely. As a consumer, I've done that before. And, and psychology and, and history has shown us also that uh, most people don't pay for 
or select for the premium next day option, mm -hmm. but you're more likely to purchase if you have that as an option. Yes, and you can decide, oh, is it gonna cost me $2 more or $75 more? Yes, yeah, and that gets to your other point about, yes, free shipping. Well, we all know there's no such thing as <laughs> free shipping. I had to bring it up, I'm sorry. But, it, but it, it's a tr that does get to psychology. You can subsidize shipping after a certain order value because you want to encourage conversion yeah. of larger um, uh, order values but or, or basket values but but ultimately you know the monetization of the expedited shipping options is absolutely there um, consumers understand that um, there are options and that if you want things quicker in many cases you will have to pay for them a lot of our customers are making those tough decisions around how much are they going to subsidize um, because you know if it if it's going to cost you thirty dollars to overnight a package but you offer it for twenty dollars right. you're subsidizing ten dollars okay. but maybe you increase conversions by fifty percent by right. doing something like that mm -hmm. so as long as you have the options you have the next day option you have the second day option and you're even able to work with partners you know, Rody is another example. They're a great company. Their booth is here at Home Delivery World, and they can offer a same-day option, but only in certain zip codes if you want to test it out. So your platform, your technology team, your commercial team, they have to be able to work and collaborate on testing things out. Because if you can, if you can pilot projects in certain zip codes and certain markets, and you can see what works and what doesn't work, yeah, the and then you can scale it out. Well, that that you're creating a laboratory of 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 exciting innovation that you can continually improve just like the marketers do with A-B testing. Yeah. They don't just do one ad, right. they do a number of different ads and they yeah. test out which words, which images are creating the most clicks and conversions mm -hmm. and then they double down on the one that works the best. Absolutely. Companies need to start doing that and experimenting within their supply chain. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that is a great opportunity to work with partners to improve the delivery experience and the options available for consumers. Well, and the mindset. You're not just thinking about Seco. You're not just thinking about the client. You're also thinking about your client's client. And yeah. that is the name of the game right now. Absolutely. Sure. So earlier we talked about visibility. Yep. I want to bring it back to that because your answer to this was amazing. Now, visibility is overused. The word is overused. It means different things to different people depending on where you're at in the supply chain, depending on how you think about your customer, how you think about your product. Yeah. So talk to us about visibility. And I think you have a family connection yes. example that yeah, you yeah. can share no, it, that it, I love. And, and I like the way that you posed the question around what is visibility. It's, yeah. a, it's a loaded word. White yeah. glove is, there's a lot of terms that are out there in, in our industry and in the retail and home delivery space that, are, that can mean different things to different people. And that's okay. Different companies and different people can have a definition that's different yeah. when it comes to visibility or white glove or any other term. But let's focus on visibility. So for visibility, we could have one client that I had a recent conversation with that are asking questions around the service we provide for international parcel shipping, as an example, versus an integrator that has an integrated solution. So all the milestones and tracking events are right. integrated. We have a disaggregated solution. We have truckers at origin. We have truckers at destination. We have customs clearance companies that could be in-house, they could be third party. And we have airlines that we utilize to ship parcels all around the world. Right. We're doing millions of these every month. Um, how do we provide visibility of all the milestones and events that are so critically important for our customers' customers yeah. that are gonna be all around the world? Well, that's, that's, so we demonstrate how we do that, how we link together all of these 
uh, parties and partners into one tracking number with a, a standardized uh, set of milestones that are provided seamlessly and potentially even branded if they want it to consumers all around the world. Branded, I yes. love it. So that's the definition of visibility in the context of the conversation we're having with the company that wants to ship all around the world small parcels. But the visibility and the definition can change significantly if you're working in the white glove scenario. Visibility now means maybe I want to know um, if I have a two hour window or a four hour window, I want to know where the truck is because I want to see if they're 32 minutes out and I work 20 minutes from home, you know, I can wait till I get that notification to head home. I can get there. No, I mean, th th this is what our technology is able to do now. And take a picture with the package with the driver. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> speaking <Selfie>. of, speaking <laughs> of, so this gets to the story uh, that, that, that hit close to home. Yeah. Uh, so my wife had a birthday recently okay. and her sister who uh, lives in Europe uh, purchased an item uh, that came from a marketplace in China. Okay. And, and uh, she was trying to find the tracking because uh, it said it was delivered, and but she went to our building and wasn't there. And and then she looks at the tracking, and it said at Seco Hub on one of the milestones. So <laughs> could you imagine that? So I can't. I can't hide from this now, right? Like I'm I'm fully invested in this package because this is this is our name on this. So it was delivered. It says it was delivered, but there's no sign of the package. So what's going to happen? Well, in our disaggregated solution, because this was a China, uh, parcel coming from China yeah. to the United States, uh, and uh, it was pretty fast, but ultimately delivered to the wrong location. Uh, working with our last mile partner in Chicago, uh, we were able to determine and get very quickly the photo of the building they delivered to, which we were able to determine then very quickly that it was the wrong building. And then they went through and uh, dug up the data and asked if this was our address and no, it wasn't. It was one digit off. It was just four blocks away. Instead of 520, it was 920. And I was able to go to that building and get, pick up the package right away. I mean, that if you think about that level of visibility yeah. that is available now, utilizing smartphones. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a technology that everyone has and it's allowed for companies like Seco to work with partners like Bring and other third-party delivery companies like uh, SpeedX or ACI or Rody to now provide a lot more visibility, yes. a lot more information that can mitigate uh, bad delivery experiences and and ultimately uh, phone calls being put on hold. The, the, oh, the, this is, you I know, all you. that stuff is going <laughs> away. The more information we can provide in the visibility uh, journey, yeah. the less anguish is created, the less frustration yeah. and, and the happier the customers are. And yeah. yeah we're, you know, my, my wife can now, you know, have confidence that, you know, ordering through this merchant, this marketplace, she knows the product's gonna get to us in a timely way. And if there are errors, that we can address those as, as uh, exception yeah. management. Well, and you can also have family dinner again. Sigh of relief. All yeah, right, yeah. so we're gonna wind this down. What's the future of Seco? What are you coming up with? What, give us the tea. Yes. Because I wanna know, Yeah. You know, okay, well, I'll- Give us I'll, the secrets. So, What's coming up for Seco Logistics? You know, in the past 12 months, we've opened up in brand new markets that we had never really been in before. We'd worked with, you know, good agents that supported our client supply chain needs, but, but ultimately it's now come to a point where we need to have our own operations, our own team yep. to better control the experience uh, at origin or destination, depending on which way the goods are going. But we've, so we've opened up in Vietnam okay. uh, with, with a big team and lots of warehouses. We've opened up in Taiwan recently. Mm -hmm. We've opened up in Thailand. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, I'd say in the next six months, you're going to see news about even more expansions in okay. Southeast Asia. All right. Uh, and, and that is going to be critically important for a lot of our clients that are diversifying, mm -hmm. that are seeking out new countries of origin for yeah. their supply chains. Um, a lot of these countries are in play. So you'll definitely see that from us, more awesome. expansion, more new warehouses, more new facilities. Exciting. I was just and new in, places for you to go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I was But at, you've got six languages under your yes, belt. Yes, so uh, yeah, that yeah. That does help. Uh, so I was, just last November, I was in Vietnam meeting with our new team out there. Nice. Uh, and it is exciting because um, our customers, they, they do, they need services now at origin. Right. As an example, if you have too much inventory, um, where would you rather store that inventory? In California, or would you rather actually right. hold some inventory at origin? Hold it. Where don't the cost per square duties. foot or cost per square meter is less, and yes, you don't yep. bring it into the country yet. So there's a lot more options that we can provide uh, for our customers, awesome. which is really exciting. And when it comes to all things e-commerce, um, that's where it also gets exciting. Uh, we're gonna continue to onboard new carriers, new last mile options. Sweet. We're gonna continue to provide uh, a better experience for global shipping all around the world. And we're gonna continue to open up new fulfillment centers. I was just in one of our newest ones, which was in Rotterdam, brand new facility right off the port. Literally, you can see them restacking uh, empty containers and repositioning them because we're, we're, we're neighbors with the port of Rotterdam. Wow. Uh, and uh, that's to really uh, keep up with the demand for e-commerce fulfillment in the European Union yeah. post-Brexit, yeah. where you need to be now in the EU, and the Netherlands is the best place to do that Rotterdam as an entry point. Rotterdam is a great place. Yes, it is. It's one Absolutely. of my favorite places. The Netherlands is one of my favorite places. So anyways, Brian, thank you so much yeah. for sharing all the insights on last mile delivery, what you're doing at Seco. The future looks bright, not only for Seco, but also for supply chain, supply chain professionals, and you shared that with us. So yeah. everybody, go and check out SecoLogistics.com. Connect with Brian on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me and thanks for being here at the booth. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. Did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, according to the World Economic Forum, how much did e-commerce deliveries rise by in 2020? Well, it was an unprecedented 25%. Things might be evening out now, but there's no doubt that the pandemic has reshaped last mile the logistics for good. Keep listening for more questions, keep engaging and reaching out on social media, and we may have some very special prizes to give away. And if you'd like to hear more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. And if you have a supply chain challenge and you're looking for a solution, we have most likely had them on the show. 
any supply chain challenge, the solution has been on our show. So use the search bar on the letstalksupplychain.com website, put in your keyword, that content will come up and the podcast episodes will dive into whether you're the right fit for them, they're the right fit for you and whether their solution is actually what you're looking for. And remember to come back next week. I get into an in-depth conversation with Bill at OneRail. We recorded this at Home Delivery World. And let me tell you, his journey is fascinating. He hasn't spent his whole career in supply chain, but the way that they are thinking about the industry and the impact that their platform is going to make on the industry is revolutionary. And so make sure not to miss this episode that's coming up next week. And if you enjoy the show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can also find some really cool merch and actually get our supply chain dictionary for free at letstalksupplychain.com. In our shop, you will find some great merch for your favorite supply chainer in your life. And we have another brand. If you haven't heard about it, it's called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. And this is a membership community-based group. Now, you're not going to want to miss out on this. There's limited spots. We've got three groups. One is exclusive content. And you're going to hear from big brands like Best Buy, Macy's, Zappos, so, so many more. And then we've got some monthly meetup groups like Women in Supply Chain and for marketing professionals in supply chain as well. So if you head over to letstalksupplychain.com on the homepage, you can actually click the button, take the quiz and join our waitlist today. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.